I just want to tell you all how happy I am to be back in the studio, making a picture again. You don't know how much I've missed all of you. And I promise you I'll never desert you again. Because after Salome, we'll make another picture and another picture. You see, this is my life. It always will be. There's nothing else. Just us. And the cameras. And those wonderful people out there in the dark. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Scott, have you seen Sunset Boulevard? I've seen Sunset Boulevard many times. 1950 classic directed by Billy Wilder. It is the quintessential uh, movie of the classic Hollywood period. Yeah, it's it's definitely the greatest movie ever made about Hollywood. And I would say one of the greatest movies ever made, period. And uh, we're talking about Billy Wilder today and superlatives come easily with, his, with him. He has done many of the greatest and best things in Hollywood. And he also was somebody that started out as a screenwriter before he became a director. So uh, he understood the, uh, the value of structure and the actual story coming first. Billy Wilder is, in many people's, here we are with a superlative, the greatest writer-director in the history of movies. Um, he was an early writer-director. I mean, the, we, we talked before in our show about screwball comedies. Probably the first real writer-director in Hollywood was Preston Sturgis. And he, just like Wilder, he was writing in the 1930s for comedies, screwball comedies. Wilder wrote some serious movies, too. Um, Wilder's most famous writing jobs in the, in the 30s were Ninochka, Ninochka for Ernst Lubitsch, starring Greta Garbo. And he wrote a great screwball comedy uh, with his writing partner, Charles Brackett, called Ball of Fire with, uh, with Barbara Stanwyck and Gary Cooper. And then he transitioned into being uh, directing his own movies, too. Every movie he directed from 1942 until the end of his career in the early 80s, he also wrote. He always co-wrote. He always had a co-writer. Yeah, he had a methodology where he would write in his office with a co-writer and they would just be bouncing ideas off each other. Yeah, he just totally believed that two heads are better than one. They say that he was a little nervous about his accent. Wilder was, uh, like many uh, Hollywood talents in, in, in the 1930s, he was an, a refugee from the Nazis in the early 30s. And when he came here, he didn't speak English. So I think in his early career, he, he, he at least said that he wanted people who could handle the idioms, the expressions, American stuff. Um, and so he co-wrote with Charles Brackett, who was an American-born writer. Later in his career, he switched to another writing partner for a lot of movies, I.A.L. Diamond, who was an immigrant like him but came here younger. But I think he just liked the, the, the team writing process. That, that, uh, when you look at comedy, for example, and he made a lot of comedies, Comedies now often have many writers um, because they sit around and they tell jokes and see if the other one laughs. So let's start at the beginning with Sunset Boulevard. This is very famous. It's not a spoiler. Uh, it begins with William Holden's character, Joe Gillis, face down in a swimming pool and he's dead. And But he's also the narrator. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the many things that are just absolute genius about this movie is that it's got the voiceover narrator like many film noirs, you know, this sort of, flat affect, you know, guy telling the tough story. And you see this dead guy in a pool, but it's him. He's telling the story from the grave. And the whole movie's a flashback. And then, of course, you find out how he ends up dead in this pool. 
which uh, he's a screenwriter. He's he's working in the studio system. I can't remember. How did he get hooked up with Gloria Swanson? He's trying to escape guys that are trying to repo his car because he's a struggling screenwriter and he doesn't have any money. And he blows a flat and pulls into this, uh, what he thinks is an old abandoned mansion of the stars on Hollywood, on Sunset Boulevard, the title of the movie, and ends up going in and then meeting. He recognizes her. He's like, wait, you're, I recognize you. You, you, you used to be big. You're, 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 you know, you're, you're, you're Norma Desmond. You used to be big. And then she, one of the most famous lines, she goes, I am big. It's the picture that got small. You're talking about the mansion. It's actually a character, a part of the movie as well. This, sure. This gigantic tomb that's filled with all of her paraphernalia from her golden years as a, a silent movie star. Right. I, I mean, it's just, and, and it's got the movie ha- casts many real um, director directors and stars from the silent era. Some of the greats, Cecil B. DeMille is in it. Eric Von Stroheim is in it. Um, Buster Keaton has a little bit part. Um, and... Uh, and Gloria Swanson herself. Like, at first it was troublesome to cast because none of these great silent movie actresses wanted to play a washed-up silent movie actress trying to make a comeback. And Gloria Swanson did it. And Gloria Swanson is the movie. And, I mean, William Holden is great. It's a great film noir. It's a great, there's a love story and a conflict. But Gloria Swanson steals the movie. She's amazing. And the subtext, though, the, the, it, it's an indictment of the studio system. It's uh, an indictment of the sort of toxic star machine that Hollywood had created. And also the obsession with youth, which we still have today within popular culture. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's even pointed out, you're only 50. Just be 50. Don't try and be 25 again. But she can't let go of who she was. Um very influential film. I have no question it's a huge inf- was a definite influence on Mulholland Drive, the David Lynch film, uh, even down to the abbreviation in the title, like Sunset Boulevard, the title is BLVD, and in Mulholland Drive, you usually see it Mulholland DR, and then the main character in Mulholland Drive is named Betty, and the innocent girl who's the girlfriend of who's in love with William Holden in this is also named Betty. The, the film that he did prior to that is double indemnity. We're both rotten. Only you're a little more rotten. You got me to take care of your husband for you. And then you get Zacchetti to take care of Alola. Maybe take care of me too. Then somebody else would have come along to take care of Zacchetti for you. That's the way you operate, isn't it, baby? Suppose it is. Is what you've got cooked up for tonight any better? In 1943, the book was came out called Three of a Kind that had three novellas in it by James M. Cain, the writer, and Double Indemnity was one of those. Um, it is arguably the essential film noir. So here we are with uh, superlatives again. If, if I were going to tell somebody, if somebody said, I'd never seen a film noir, what is that genre? What should I see? I, without hesitation, if I was going to say one film, it would be Double Indemnity, which is early in the genre, really, which started in the early 40s. It's only 1944. And it's just a perfect version of what film noir is. Everybody was afraid to make it because the two lead characters, played by Barbara Stanwyck and Fred McMurray, are just totally horrible people. And initially, Barbara Stanwyck, who had worked with Billy Wilder on Ball of Fire, um, she declined. She didn't want to do it. She had to be talked into it. She didn't play characters that were that bad. She played characters that were complex. Some of them lived on the wrong side of the track. Some of them did do some bad things, but... She's just totally the bigger the bigger story was talking Fred McMurray into it. Fred McMurray, you know, a lot of people don't remember him now, but he was a, a major actor, but in romantic comedies and screwball comedies, he was a nice guy. 
He always played nice guys. And when here he plays this murderer who, you know, and, and uh, um, people were telling him, don't do it. It's going to ruin your career. He almost didn't do it. And you were talking about how Billy Wilder as a writer was always using a collaborator. Charles Brackett was his traditional collaborator, but he thought that uh, this movie was trash. Double Indemnity was trash. So he collaborated with Raymond Chandler, the great noir writer who created the Philip Marlowe character. But they hated each other's guts. They hated each other. It was the first screenplay he'd ever done. So he had no idea how to write a movie. And Wilder was one of these this great Hollywood film writer. And yeah, they hated each other, but they wrote an incredible script. And it's worth mentioning right here too that, that it, Wilder, as a writer-director... His scripts were, the, the movies we're talking about, Double Indemnity, Sunset Boulevard, and we're also going to talk about Some Like It Hot and The Apartment. Arguably, these are four perfect movies. There's like not an ounce of fat on them. There's not a shot too many or a shot too few. Um, occasionally, there was a scene they shot that they knew to throw out to make the movie better. Wilder, famously, actors could not change a line. I mean, that's a way of working in, in movies. You know, an actor goes, you know, it would sound better if I said this instead. And directors usually open to those things. Everyone knew you didn't change one word of Billy Wilder's scripts because they were so great. 